0: hello and welcome to episode 63 of the fuel hotel marketing podcast broadcasting live from the country of nambia today <laughs> beautiful sunny Myrtle beach south carolina nambia and i'm joined today with namidian
1: peter of the house de mayo Hey everybody, I'm on the podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) I have nothing to follow up with that intro. Captain Obvious, (laughs) brought to you by Hotels.com.
0: And Melissa of the House Kavanaugh.
2: I have a house, so thanks. I'll be in it later.
0: (laughs) Breaking news (laughs) right here on the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. Melissa will be in her house later this evening. And not here is... Misha Bokikyo, but she did, by the medium of Twitter, send us a dad joke. She did. You want to read that for us? I haven't heard it yet.
2: It's it's possibly the worst dad joke ever.
0: Do you want to apologize in advance to the audience?
2: Uh, and that I am not responsible for this. Okay. Okay. What time is it when an elephant sits on a fence? I don't know. Time to get a new fence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She really took the time to go to Twitter and tell us that joke. She did. Mm, thanks, Misha. We really appreciate it.
1: Can I throw out a dad joke since she's not here? Sure, you're the surrogate dad. You can, right. you can pretend to be a dad today, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pretend to be a good dad today. <laughs> and what do you call a hungry train? I don't know. A choo choo train. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just stop doing
0: hotel marketing podcasts just and just stick to in. dad jokes. It'd be phenomenal. But we are in the hotel business and we're going to have an awesome episode today. We're going to be talking about your hotel website, which is probably the most important asset and probably the the one that's least focused on. You know, I've seen P&Ls for uh, properties where they spent $60,000 on their sign outside and then they didn't want to spend a couple of grand on a website. So we want to kind of get that straight by talking today about how do we bridge the gap between shoppers and bookers and closing down the uncertainty that a guest had or potential guest has when they come to your website what are the questions that they have in their head that your website really needs to answer and what what should your website be doing so before we jump into that let's go and see what's going on in the news peter
1: all right well the first news item comes from us or comes to us from our friends at skift and the headline is Google Travel is worth one hundred billion dollars. You need to put your little pinky to your mouth when you say that. For all they know, I did. I just told them that you okay. didn't. <laughs> anyway, that's worth more than Priceline. So Priceline has a market cap of ninety million dollars, ninety billion. Google's travel business is worth a hundred billion. An estimated that is more than, An than ninety estimated. billion. Yes. Yeah. So it, it's just amazing of how big of a behemoth Google travel is, it represents 15% of Google's overall market cap. That's kind of which crazy. It's pretty which
0: is crazy
2: Considering and all the internet of things that are out there that people search for.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, what's most interesting is where a lot of that worth comes from is obviously advertising, and the biggest contributors to that are folks like Priceline and Expedia who are spending a good chunk of their budgets, their billions of dollars of advertising budgets each year on Google
1: right so the article goes into you know who's spending that money why they're spending the money and starts hinting at the question of could Google decide to become their own OTA and you look at the this data it would suggest not really right now simply because the 100 billion number of how much money they're making from the OTAs and everybody else yeah
0: We did a whole episode on that very topic of is Google becoming an OTA. I believe it was called is Google becoming an OTA (laughs) and it was episode 47. So if you go to fuel travel.com slash podcast, you can click on episode 47 and and listen to that or go find it in the new iTunes uh, or the, the new podcast store on your Apple device, which is terrible by the way, complete tangent. I updated to iOS 11 my goodness, they murdered the podcast app. I'm so angry right mm-hmm. now. <clears throat> I almost sound like Yoda. I'm so angry. <laughs> but anyway, is Google going to become an OTA? Go listen to that for an in-depth thing. One, one of the things I, I want to point out is Google is an engineering company. right? They, they look at how people are solving current problems, and they question, is that the right way to solve the problem? Right. There's a lot of money to be had in the hotel industry for distribution. And right now, Google is a middleman of a middleman, right? Expedia is a middleman and then Google't the a middleman for that middleman. So if they could eliminate one of the middlemen or woman, couldn't they make a lot more money? Potentially yes, right. So if, if Google had more direct relationships with hotels, potentially they could generate a lot more revenue than they're getting from Expedia or Priceline right now. However, to get to that point risks alienating the, ma- the the hand that feeds them right now. So they've got to be really, really careful how they go about that, which is why things like Google Hotel ads is, you know, it, it's dominated by Expedia's and those right now. And they're really beginning to promote the independent hotels or, or the hotels a little more prevalently. But the volume's not there on Google Hotel ads yet. And until until more people start using that as a viable source for doing their bookings, there's no way Google's gonna alienate all these guys that are spending bakoodles of money with them and, and creating this hundred billion dollar worth. Agreed. Estimated. So makes sense? Yeah. But what watch Google. Never count them out. If if they had their choice, if you said to Google, you know, paint the perfect uh, scenario the environment of which you're involved in travel expedias and pricelines probably don't exist in that you know and and when you look at what they're doing to improve google hotel ads and bundle it with flights as well flights that they're disintermediating the otas they're going straight to relationships with the airlines surely they're going to want to do that to hotels i know they've got the room Mm -hmm.
2: carousel thing too
0: yeah, exactly. They go into
1: individual rooms, so which we talked about last episode. So, I mean, you know, Google's not afraid to test, and I think they kind of take that. Bay- they learned that from us. Yeah, they, to always be I testing. think it's definitely from our podcast, but they should, kind of take that Babe Ruth that. approach of, you know, I want to be the person who strikes out the most because that means I'm also going to hit the most home runs, and just keep trying and trying and failing and <clears throat> failing. And as we can see, they've definitely hit a few home runs.
0: Wait, was that Babe Ruth or was that the dude from the movie Signs? Because wasn't that his, his approach as well?
1: The you know, dude from the, the alien from the movie Signs?
0: Not the alien. I don't think he played <laughs> baseball in his home world. But the, the younger brother of Mel Gibson's character. Like he had mm-hmm. the record for the most home runs, but also the mo- most strikeouts. I don't know. You need to go watch Signs. It's a good yeah. movie. It scares the living daylights out of me.
1: All right. Makes me want to put water all over my house. I
0: do sometimes leave extra cups of water around just in case an alien enters my house and is, you know, likely to be killed (laughs) by water, you know, in that unlikely event. Melissa, do you have some news?
2: I don't know if this particular news item is going to do that. Matter of fact, this news item may discourage some sanity. And on that, before I tell you what the news item is, let me just say that I am going to hold my opinion of what this news item is about for offline. And you people can make your own comments all right so the news item comes from t news and it is titled my 420 tours has high expectations for the future of cannabis tourism in the u.s (laughs) okay that is the title of said news article so in colorado shockingly there is a company called my 420 tours That is partnering with some hotels to do cannabis-related excursion-type things, activities.
0: (laughs) Consisting of what? Getting high and eating munchies? I mean, what?
2: Apparently, you can take a sushi, sake, and joint rolling class. (laughs)
0: because <laughs> the skills you need to roll sushi are the same as you need to I, roll a joint Is
2: or you can eat i, I cannot comment on this <laughs> i don't know
1: it's a niche travel market there's no doubt about that it's it's a you have wellness huge, you have wellness travelers yes and then you have 420 travelers and, and it's a it's small a growing market. tourism yeah. market and hey pete where are you going on vacation this year i'm going to colorado <laughs> no <laughs> If you look at it though, it makes so much sense for somebody to do this because Colorado's kind of cornered that market and you know this person is definitely an early adopter and trying to make the most of, of what Colorado is offering to people. Some people may want it. Some people might hate it, but there's it money, money to be made. There's money
2: to be made. Yeah. So they're currently doing about 17 quote unquote experiences per week and booking rooms at 14 nationally known hotel chains.
0: <laughs> you just can't try the goods once you're back in the hotel room. I would have, I, assume, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's. I mean, it's entertaining for sure, and it's kind of funny and and, and shocking in a lot of ways. And, and regardless of your opinion about marijuana, I think the the what I take from this is having niche opportunity or or having niche niche offerings to people that are traveling is important and it's something that's growing. And we've seen folks like Priceline. We've seen Airbnb really getting into this bundling accommodations with an experience. And even this week, Airbnb came out and said they're going to start promoting restaurants and cross-selling restaurant bookings during the booking stay as well. So I think this whole packaging, although although I will caveat this and say I don't think Airbnb is doing that to get into packaging. I think they're doing it to get in the restaurant business. But they are also selling things like surf lessons and you know guitar lessons and and stuff like that so this is a trend that we're beginning to see it's something that there's a demand for from especially millennials or people that are younger than me so so i think it's smart would i personally go do a 420 tour probably not but there's a there's a market for it and i think hats off to these folks for capitalizing on a need and if it's putting heads in beds in your local market then it's probably a good thing
2: Uh, The reason that I brought it up was because we are proponents of making... Marijuana? I did not say that. Okay. Uh, But from, you know, showcasing what is unique to your property. So if you can offer something unique like that, I say go for it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Or,
2: Or the Marriott in Desert Springs Resort in Palm Springs, you can buy a $219 donut. And maybe they should partner with 420 Tours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's and it
2: comes with a flight of milkshakes. <laughs> a
0: flight. Because one milkshake
2: is not enough.
0: Right. What? What? How much was the donut?
2: It's two hundred and nineteen dollars. It's a. It's, it's a package. It's this is separate the, it's to the marijuana the don- thing, right? This yes, is just a, totally a regular separate.
0: non-laced donut. Yes. What is
2: it, called the donut disturb package.
1: So this article jumps all over the place. This is in a totally different <laughs> article. Like,
2: the donut thing is completely separate. The person
0: that wrote it was so stoned I'll that they had same. no attention. Um, f- what, what constitutes... What, how? Uh, it's a
2: 10-pound uh, uh, donut.
0: 10 pounds it's of 10 donut?
2: 10-pound donut. But that's not what, enough.
1: You need like eight milkshakes to go with
0: it. What is the circumference of a 10-pound donut?
2: I, that I don't know. You have to go to Palm Springs and find out.
0: Wow. Wow that I, I don't even know what to say
1: I, should trying. we continue with the show i, yeah. I think the point <laughs> is is these niche markets can be so valuable to the tour providers that are creating the markets but then also the hoteliers that are kind of surrounding it i mean you know we've always talked about the importance of the de- the experience is the reason you go on vacation and this is another example of this making, is definitely an experience making the experience and then attracting the guests to your hotel
0: Yeah, for sure. So that I mean, that's a good segue. Let's jump into the the meat of the show. We're we're talking about the hotel website, and in my opinion, the job of the hotel website really is to close a gap in the minds of the consumer. Right. So there's an uncertainty that they have in their mind when they visit your website. They may not even know if they want to come to your city. They may not even know if they're going to stay in the area that you're in in the city. They may not even know if they're going to travel, period. And there certainly are a lot of questions that they have in their mind that are preventing them from pulling the trigger on booking at this point, right? So your website's job is to fulfill the gap, right? To, To make sure that that gap disappears and that guest has everything they need to know to be able to pull the trigger. So we're going to kind of break it down a little bit today in a couple of different ways. First off, Pete, you want to go through, like, what are some of the, and this is not an exhaustive list, but you can follow along at home. The, the show notes are at fueltravel.com slash podcast, and you can click on episode 63 to get an ex, a, a more extensive list than we're going to go through on the show today. So you can follow along. But what, what are some of the objectives you should have when you're creating a new website?
1: Well, first of all, we want to, this is the first time the customers probably even learned of our hotel if we're So, the first goal is to create a great first impression and make the shopper feel welcome.
0: Yeah, I mean, just like when they walk into your lobby for the first time, your website should give them a similar experience. One that's consistent with your brand and what to expect when they come to, on the property. You know, great photography. Just inspire confidence, right?
1: And I think what you said, what you just mentioned, was actually pretty important. In that, you want to create a brand and a feeling that's consistent to what you have on the property. You know, there's a lot of people who actually do a better job marketing than delivering. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful with that as well as making sure that whatever you do matches the experience the customer is going to have. Don't over deliver or don't over promise and under deliver. Yeah. Do it the other way around. If Set expectations ahead. for sure, because if you look at reviews,
0: especially on on place like TripAdvisor for properties that are pretty decent and they do a good job, the rooms are clean, but then they kind of creep up to near the top of the rankings on TripAdvisor. The reviews start to turn at a certain point where they're like, this property was nice. I really don't have any complaints, but it wasn't quite as good as I thought it was going to be because they've over-promised mm-hmm. on the website.
2: And I would say that as cheesy as it sounds, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. And you don't know exactly where people are going to enter your site. You can't just think of your homepage as the only page that people are going to enter your site. You need to think of all those lower level pages and what they'll look like and the information on those to make sure that they are giving a great first impression. That's a
0: great, great point. And I think people still make the, the mistake of when they're designing their new website, they spend all their time perfecting the homepage. The homepage. Mm-hmm. And You know, five years ago, probably 80% of people that came to your website landed on your homepage. But you know what? Google's gotten more sophisticated. We're spending more money in different channels now, driving people to lower level pages. For most of our clients, even though the homepage may be still the number one landing page, it's still only 20% maybe of the total people that visit the site land on the homepage. So you've got another majority of people are landing on somewhere else. So you've really got to pay attention to every page
1: as much as you do the home page. So what's next, Pete? All right, so the next one is you have made that great impression. Now, number two, is you want to persuade that shopper that they'd feel comfortable and they'd be secure on your property. Yeah, so making sure
0: that your property is a good match for them, making sure that you know the, the area that you're in is right for them and is safe, showing happy people that are
1: experiencing the property those are all really really important things. And then the next step from there is you want to show the shopper and your potential guest the benefits of staying at your property and that you really do offer everything that they're gonna need
0: yeah this is this is the dating point right This is where you're not going to be all things to all people not every person that's shopping for a room in your town, really is going to be a good match for you right their expectations might be different you might be a a mid-scale property and they're looking for an upscale experience or vice versa so this is where you've got to be authentic you've got to be honest you've got to tell people what what your strengths are and and be honest about what you're lacking as well because there's nothing worse like we said before setting the wrong expectations is going to bite you in the butt down the road
1: absolutely And then number four, you really want to remove any doubt and fear that the shopper has and reassure them that they're making this right decision. Because once they hit the submit button and they book, you want them to feel really good about that decision. Yeah. And even before they have
0: hit the button, you know, making sure any doubts they have, making a purchase of a vacation is is one of the biggest purchases we make each year. So there's obviously trepidation and doubt in that. And you, you don't want them to... To bail because of a little uncertainty that you can overcome, and we'll go through that in detail in a minute. Like the what the questions are that they have, but like you said, after they book, making sure they don't have buyer's remorse as well is an important part of your website's job. But in a sec, Melissa is going to go through a bunch of questions, and, and that I think is going to be the biggest takeaways from this episode is is really anticipating what are the questions people have, how do I anticipate and answer those questions. So that I remove any fear, any doubt, any uncertainty in that person's willing and ready and able to book.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that comes up is a hotelier is very likely to think of someone booking a stay at their property as a transaction. But look at it from the customer's perspective. It's not that they spent X dollars per night to stay at your property. They spent the five days, 10 days, whatever it is they have off from work. To spend at your property, so the actual investment that that customer's making is far, far more than you're ever going to collect from a financial perspective. Assuming it's a travel, a vacation traveler, not a business traveler. So keep that in mind, and that's what you're trying to get them to overcome. That's what you want to prevent the buyers remorse of.
0: Yeah, and more importantly than the fact that they're going to invest their time, but in my case. My spouse might be pissed at me <laughs> if I made a bad decision. So I want to make sure not only is this property great for me, but that my wife is not going to get mad at me if I book at this hotel. So I've got to eliminate every piece of doubt because I can I can suck it up for 10 days and stay at a mediocre property, but if my wife's pissed at me, uh uh-uh, I'm not
1: doing that thing. So happy
2: wife, <laughs> happy life. That's
1: exactly, that's right. true. That brings us to the fifth thing that you really want your hotel to do and that's to make it easy for your guests to navigate your site and obviously make it easy for them to book on your site, regardless of if they're on the biggest fanciest retina display that there's out there or they're on the smallest Android device that they have you want to make work on all platforms
0: yeah creating that frictionless booking experience i mean assuming your website's done its job of answering the questions and closing that uncertainty gap then making the tool itself easy intuitive and frictionless is so critical and it's the step that so many people mess up and we we talk about this a lot on the show and i hate to be repetitive and redundant but it's so 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 important and so many people still just don't listen. Make sure your mobile booking experience is kick-ass second to none because that's how consumers want to book today.
1: And, and I'll say this. We have been wrong for so many years saying that customers wanted to research on their dev- mobile devices and book on their desktops. We were wrong. They want to shop and book all on one device. That's whatever is most convenient for them. We made it harder in the past with you know booking systems and technologies that were not conducive to booking on a mobile device. But that doesn't mean that the customer didn't want to book on it. You know We screwed up by not giving them the experience that they needed. No, Pete, I like putting down the device that I have in my hand
0: and going and starting up another. And trying to complete, find what site you were on. Yeah. Going to another device and retype in the URL. I mean, because that's way more convenient yeah. for me.
1: Well, I th- what it is, it's a lot more convenient for the hotelier to say that than to solve the problem of a poor booking experience on a mobile device.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And, and and just if you're tuning in for the first time, what we're really talking about here is we we at Fuel have had kind of an epiphany in the last few months because we're starting to see that some of our clients, since we've updated our booking engine and we've converted some new clients to our booking engine, we're now at the tipping point where we've got clients that are getting more than 50% of reservations not traffic, reservations, more than 50% is coming from a mobile phone at this point. It, it, it's not the majority, but we're beginning to see where... Well, if it's over 50%. It no, is. I'm saying not the majority, not the majority of our majority. clients. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can math. Thank you. But no, it, it, mobile is not an afterthought. It's not. We're not talking about mobile-friendly anymore. It's just mobile-first. And, and if you don't embrace a mobile-first approach to your website and your booking engine then you're leaving money on the table and you're alienating potential guests every time
2: spoiler alert i will be writing a blog post with all kinds of awesome graphs that will show just how kick-ass our mobile booking engine is and what happens when people switch to it
1: and that's coming from an analytics perspective that is hard data with
2: real graphs that i can't make up
0: well, you could. I could, not. but that's not the real graphs. Yeah, the yeah. real, as opposed to fake graphs. Yes, I mean not those ones are my that I've actually graphs.
2: generated, but software has generated from real data.
0: Well, I, I'm convinced.
2: <laughs> that's all that matters. If
0: I had a hotel, I'd switch to our booking engine. Just saying. <laughs> all right, so we we talked about what yeah. what the, the what the purpose of the website is, right? So let's really hone in on this uncertainty gap that we talked about. So. Guests have questions. The great news for you as a hotelier is we can anticipate what those questions are going to be because most people, the vast majority of people are similar in terms of what their fears and their doubts and their unknowns are. So we can kind of group these questions into a couple of categories in terms of what really matters to people, right? So we we know that location matters. We know that the amenity set matters. We know that the price matters. We know that the quality of the product matters. Those are the things that people look at when they're making their decision. So so if we break this down into questions, and again, follow along at home, fueltravel.com slash podcast, click on episode sixty-three. But Melissa, let's let's start by kind of breaking down the types of questions and then some specific questions underneath these. These are things your website should be answering every single time someone comes to your site.
2: All right, question number one, is the right is this the right location for me? So where are you located? What city and state are you in? And what things are nearby? Are there specific landmarks? Are you near a beach? Are there shopping centers? Are there specific attractions that are nearby that are conducive to staying at your property?
0: Yeah. And, and the vicinity is so important, right? Not not just are you close to these things? Like are you close to this attraction? Or are you oceanfront? Which which so many oceanfront properties don't even say they're oceanfront on the website, which blows my mind. But is it a secure lo- place? Can I walk around at night? What, what is close to me? If I want to go wander, what am I going to find? Those are the questions that people have and the, the, the website can really answer. And I even see, folks, you started out by saying, what city and state am I in? And that seems like a no-brainer. But there's a lot of properties that even have similar names to other places. Absolutely. You know, you've know, you got to dummy-proof this stuff. You've got to tell people everything That you want them to know and
1: don't assume that they know things just because you know that thing. So it goes back to, I remember when we did a bunch of user testing for one particular property, Oceanfront Resort, you go to the homepage, you see tons of photography of people on the beach. You see a hotel that's on the beach. And the number one comment that people had was, I would like to know how close they are to the ocean. I'm like, really? We showed you pictures of it, but we never actually said... You know, such and such is an oceanfront resort steps away from the sand. We didn't make that connection. So they're thinking, hey, this is a marketer doing their marketing thing. They're showing people on the beach, but the hotel may actually be miles away. It's shocking.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think if you're oceanfront, that is the number one reason people are coming to your destination is the beach if you're oceanfront. So you've got to hit that home with photography, with written content. Everything you can do needs to say, spell out, letter for letter, I am on the beach. I'm not second row. You don't have to walk. This is where I am. Mm-hmm. And here, it, here's the advantage to doing that. You know, maybe you have chairs, maybe you have umbrellas. What, what other things do you do that help them enjoy that beach experience as
1: well? And that's for wherever your property is. If you are the Marriott downtown, if you are the Raleigh, uh you know, the property at the convention center, if you're on the ocean, you know, if you're at the ski slope, whatever it might be, specifically just let people know. Yeah, on the boardwalk,
0: whatever it is. And then, so so we're talking about like where you are and the advantages you have to that. But then look at it from the other perspective. What else can they do in your area? You know, is there a coffee shop nearby, for example? Because you know, everyone drinks coffee. So so is that really close to where you are? Can I walk there safely? You know, those are the kind of things that if if you tell people ahead of times it's not going to be a doubt in nagging little doubt in their head that, and you can answer it anticipate it and answer it before they even pose the question this is this is kind of a captain obvious episode second time you've done captain obvious today
1: actually the first time I think someone else did it yeah, yeah Stuart did it I think you did it, and I called I you out I did something it. very obvious. All right, should we rewind the episode and listen to it so we can be... <laughs> yeah, everyone's going to rewind it. We're going to listen to the whole thing again and then pick up before we left off. Right. But no, it's it's obvious stuff that we should be doing on our site, but so many times we find hoteliers not doing these things. Yeah, location is so
0: critical, mm-hmm. right? People are coming to your town for a reason. It, they're coming to the zoo. They're coming for a specific event. So if, you know, look at our, our hometown of Myrtle Beach, right? When you are um, every year, they have the the uh, country music festival. If you're one of the hotels lucky enough to be within walking distance to that, you have a gold mine on your hand. People will pay hundred two hundred dollars above the average ADR for that convenience, right? So why are you not telling people, especially those folks that are searching for those dates? Hey, we are within walking distance. We're just five minutes walk from you can stumble country. your way mm-hmm. back to your hotel <laughs> yeah. room yeah. zigzag yeah, it, yeah it's if you drop if you walk straight it's about three
1: minutes but probably after the alcohol <laughs> you consume it's going to be our yeah. 30 minute walk back to and, the, and the rate manager needs to know that that's what's happening that weekend too to adjust appropriately yeah so think
0: about think about your area think about what's going on think about the events think about the attractions and think about your locale to it and really sell that as an advantage to your property i think that's Really, really critical.
2: We're ready for question number two. Let's do it. All right. Is it the right property for me? Meaning, are the rooms clean? That should be a pretty basic thing that you <laughs> would expect from a hotel, but we need to convey this. It's really important to people that their rooms are clean. It's the number
0: one consideration for a lot of people.
2: It's it's really important. Are the public spaces clean? Is the staff friendly? What type of guests do you get at your property?
0: Yeah, I mean, th- those are... The- Questions that I have when I'm looking at a hotel. You know, I, I don't want to go to a property that's full of like old fuddy duddies and, and not have stuff going on in the property. I don't want to go there where the staff aren't friendly. So, so, one, make sure that your staff are friendly and your rooms are <laughs> clean. But if that is the case, reinforce that. Show reviews, show what people have experienced at your property in, in, through photography, through written content. Show people that this is a place that they are going to want to stay.
2: And this is really where you can take other people's testimonials and showcase what other guests are saying about the property to enforce that.
1: Yeah. And another thing to consider as well is what's right for Stuart at a property may not necessarily be right for what's right for Melissa or for me or for whomever. Yeah. So So you have to spread it out and make sure you're taking all these boxes of, of people who may have questions.
0: Right, exactly. A great example of that with me and Melissa would be pet friendly, right? I, I do not want to stay at a pet friendly hotel because I'm not an animal lover. And I'm, I'll go on the record of saying animals kind of annoy me. M- Melissa's the complete opposite of that. She'll go and take her dog on v- vacation with her, right? So the property that's right for me is different than the property that's right for Melissa. What we're looking for is different. So making sure you communicate effectively who you are, what you are authentically and say, we offer this, but we do not offer this. I think that's really important. And a lot of people don't do it.
2: All right. And that leads us into the next question, which is what room should I pick? I feel like this can be an overwhelming process on a lot of websites. If you have a lot of different room types, being able to help the consumer down that funnel and choose a room that's appropriate for them is so important. So things like, what are the room layout options? Do you have a virtual tour? Do you have a floor plan? All those things, how many people can sleep in the room? How many beds are there in the room, et cetera, et cetera. This is critical, critical information.
0: Yeah, and and, and not just telling them, but showing them. You know, one, one of the things I think a lot of hotels make the mistake of is not showing a room layout diagram. Huge. Yeah. And I think if you're just a regular hotel, you don't have really any amenities. It's just a room with a bed. That's it. I, I get it. It's not It's not as important. But if you've got Murphy beds, if you've got some kind of kitchenette, some kind of, if you're a suite configuration with multiple rooms, this is one of the most important investments you can make is having good quality room layouts. Mm-hmm. Because the type of consumer that is looking for your property is really concerned with where people are going to sleep. Right. And we've and, and the specific room configuration in terms of bed configuration, stuff like that, we've seen such an increase over the last twenty-four months of people that are going to Google and searching for very specific configurations of rooms. And and we've capitalized on that by creating separate web pages for each individual room type within our, our hotel clients, right? But people really care about this as, as a parent and with two kids. The room layout is one of the most important things to me. Is there is there a communal space, especially if I'm traveling multi-generational with my wife's parents or something like that, where's everyone going to sleep? Is there enough privacy? Those are things that really concern me and really affect my decision process as a, as a traveler.
2: For me, from just my own personal experience, things that I never thought would be important are now important. Like, is there a mini fridge in the room? This is... So important to me because I like to keep bottled water. Sometimes you have leftovers. Maybe you want to reheat. Some people have medication that needs to be refrigerated. And it's really important to have a little mini fridge. It's nice to know that information up front.
0: Yeah. And as a as a business traveler as well, in-room in, in room amenities are critical. So does it have a iron board and an iron? Like if, I, I'm, if I'm traveling for leisure, that doesn't matter so much to me. But if I'm on a business trip and I'm going to be speaking at a conference or something like that, I really, really hope that there's that that amenity because if not, I'm kind of screwed, and I don't want to go to the front desk to ask to press my
1: shirt or whatever it is. So, and there's a there's a long list of all the things that customers are looking for actively on your hotel site that we have listed out at the the podcast. Yeah, go notes. check out the show notes because we're very
0: extensive in that list of you know does it have a coffee maker? Does it have a fridge? Does it have a microwave? All that kind of stuff. If you have it and it's valuable to someone, you need to be telling someone that you have it because if you don't, someone's gonna have that question and either because you don't answer it, they're gonna leave your website or they're gonna end up calling you to ask you the question, which costs you money because now you're paying someone to answer a question Mm -hmm. your website could have just answered in the first place.
2: All right, moving on. Are these the right dates for me now and is now the right time to book? now we're getting into the nitty gritty
0: (laughs) yeah i think a mistake a lot of people make is assuming that when someone makes a search on their website that that is a fixed decided date range i think a lot of people don't realize that people have more flexibility we're not living in the 1960s where everyone was married to their job And that they had to request their time off a year ahead of time and it was the same week every year and it was not flexible. People have a lot more flexibility today than they used to. So knowing things like if you stay a week later or you check in a day later or or check out a day later, whatever it is, if that's gonna save you a hundred bucks, people wanna know that stuff, right? And and especially if you're a small property and you have limited inventory and you've got those gaps and people come and search and it says no rooms are available, tell them when the rooms are available because you're going to fill in those gaps a lot more effectively. If you're just honest with people and say, we don't have inventory
1: here, but it is next week. So you could switch your dates and come have a stay Mm -hmm. with us. I see this happen a lot for promotion, promotional offers where it's say 30% off for this room from this date to this date, and somebody does a search for a time period that falls over the end of it. So let's say a a special ends September 15th, and the person wants to say September 13th through the 18th. A lot of times, and this is not abnormal at all, it comes back with that package saying, no room's available for that stay, just because the rate period kind of changed over from one to the other. So think about that, and as you're loading your rates, Make sure that you're adding some cushion on either side, even if it's at a regular rate, to allow that customer to still book the room, maybe they get two or three room, two or three nights at one rate, next couple nights are a different rate, that's fine. But don't make them think that they can't stay there at all.
0: Yeah, I think having a bar rate on the bookends of, of any special is critical. And it doesn't have to be a lot. It's not a lot more work. Just add two more weeks before and after, mm-hmm. right? Because no one's really staying at most of these hotels unless you're extended stay. More than a fortnight, yeah. at, at most, right? So, and add, your property knows what your average length of stay is. Just you know, yeah, put it just add a few days before and after the special because you never know who's you know when they're going to want to stay. And then the other part of this question, which you touched on, Melissa, was: Is now the right time to book? Right? Are the rates going to change? If I book now, am I going to get a cheaper rate? So, being transparent, especially in your email marketing, and being consistent and yielding your rates up and not down is critical. So many people I've seen make that mistake of, oh, we got inventory, let's start dropping the rates closer in. That just breeds doubt and people that are going to come and stay at your property year after year are going to get trained to wait if you do that. So have a have a, a a rate strategy that is disciplined enough to say even if we have some some soft spots, we're not going to discount last minute because that is going to hurt me in the long term that is critical and communicating that to people i've seen a couple of properties recently that have started promoting when to book is or when when rates go up and they'll show how effective it is to book earlier so that they're being transparent in rates are going to go up at this time on this date for these these room types so that that is critical and then adding things uh like scarcity we're running out of this unit don't don't wait to
1: book because if you do
0: you may miss out look at TripAdvisor for that
1: Mm -hmm. for sure they're famous for you do a search for a property for two nights and it says only two rooms available for this price you change your occupancy to three it automatically changes to hurry there's only three rooms left at this rate so kind of keep that in mind and and play those games because it does work from ROI perspective
2: All right. Question number five. What is this going to cost me? And am I getting the best value? Ooh.
0: That is a big one.
2: It's very, very important because when it comes down to it, it's about dollars.
0: Yeah. I mean, all these other factors we've talked about, all these other questions they have are secondary to what they're going to pay and what they're going to get for the money they pay. Right, not everyone is price shopping. I'm not saying that you have to be the cheapest, but people are going to look and compare you to your comp set and say, What do I get for these for X and what do I get from these guys for Y? So, making sure you're 100% transparent with that. Do you include free breakfast? That's a big deal. What else are they getting for free? Is Wi Fi included, you know, or do I have to pay extra? Is parking included? Like okay, answering all these questions and being transparent and showing people. Okay, I'm charging you a resort fee, but here's what all the things you Mm -hmm. get for that resort fee. Here's the amenities you get for that. That is so critical, being 100% transparent. You know what? Go ahead.
2: In having to book hotels recently, what is driving me nuts is when it says, hey, show me best rate available. And then I find out, oh, but wait, I have AAA, so I actually could have gotten this at a better Rate well. You just told me it was the best rate available. You're just a big fat liar.
1: Yeah, don't
0: lie to your guests.
1: This is hospitality.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, 100% lie to your guests every time you can.
1: That's the best advice we've ever given on the show. This is true. (laughs) So, hey, another thing we would a piece of advice I would give is if you offer free breakfast, add a value to that. You know, so free breakfast at a typical hotel that could be 10, 15 bucks easily per person. Yeah. Put that in in a person per night, right? Yeah. So, we do uh, so much work with, especially the golf segment where golfers are coming to Myrtle Beach and staying at a resort. And some resorts offer free breakfast for golfers. Well, if you have four golfers coming and they're each paying $15 a morning for breakfast over the course of four or five days. Put that specific number out there. They're going to save hundreds of dollars. It's like a million dollars. It's it's over a billion dollars. They would beat Google's market cap (laughs) by enjoying free breakfast. There you go. So 100%. But the point is, put that in writing so they understand that it's not just, oh, this is free breakfast. No, this is $200 more you get to spend on your vacation.
0: Yeah, 100% agree. The, the, The price... You can't do enough to tell people how much value they're getting for the price they're paying, right? And 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 they are shopping. We know from the data that we look at, the studies we've done, the studies that other people have done, the people are jumping from site to site and they're looking around. And they're not just looking on your site and your competitor sites, but they're also looking at Expedia and Priceline and TripAdvisor to find that best price. So you've got to reassure them that, one – you have the best price and maybe offer them a reassurance that if they book somewhere else and get a lower price, that you'll match that rate. That That's something that can be really effective. Or better yet, save them the trouble of having to go look at the competition and show other rates on your own website. Show what price, what it would cost to book on Priceline or Expedia or Hotels.com on your own website. And show booking direct gets you the best possible mm-hmm. deal. And not only is it the best price but you also get these additional loyalty rewards by booking with us direct instead of and don't use verbiage that is jargon and and nonsense that the hospitality industry knows like book direct and save consumers don't know what that means right spell it out for them what that actually means and
1: we have you know one you know a great client up in albany new york hey chuck but the point is is that they have parking is an issue in any city they offer free parking And it says on everywhere you are on the site, free parking in parentheses, a $10 value, whatever it might be, because that puts it, oh, I'm going on vacation there regardless. I'm going to be paying if I'm there for five days, I'm paying 50 bucks for parking. Right. Or I can stay at this property and pay zero. I mean, it's so important to put the value, put the dollar value to the items that you're offering to your book direct customers. Yeah.
2: And I would say this, because we can't go an episode without talking about testing I think i say
1: omni-channel. Always be testing. <laughs>
2: Always be testing. And here's something very specific that you can test in terms of pricing. Do you show one lump sum when you return your rooms? Do you show an average daily rate? Do you show that rate with taxes and fees included? Where do you show the total? Or do you show it after they get to the checkout page and they are forced to put in their credit card information? All of a sudden, their stay is now $150 more than what they thought they were going to pay. Yeah, it, it's a tough question, it's right? Really because it tough. varies
0: from pro- property to property and, and um location to location, right? Which so, is why I say test it. Yeah, you want to test what works for you. I think the critical point is you want to be able to give the guest the view that they want. You can default to whatever you want, right? So if you want to default to average daily rate, great. But give them the opportunity as early as possible to see the total broken down with taxes, with fees, by day, all those things, right? So. If you look at our booking engine, guest desk, you can expand any kind of... If you look at a room in a specific rate code, you can expand it and see that breakdown of everything. But that doesn't mean that's what you show them first. Because if you're showing grand total, including tax and all the other properties in your location and not including tax in that total that they show on the first page, you could be at a disadvantage. So it does vary drastically based on your property, but test it to see what works mm-hmm. great properly for your property
1: and your market's going to determine that, you know, another specific example is in certain markets, your competitors are going to show the rate with taxes, or they may show the rate without taxes. If you're kind of bucking the trend and you're saying, I'm going to show my rate, everything included, but you're 20 bucks higher. A lot of people may never even know that the rates were on par. Just because they see the bigger rate and they ignore you and go somewhere else. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then the
0: other mistake that I see folks make from from this perspective when we're talking about price and value is they'll put a discount code box everywhere throughout their booking engine. Oh, Right? Bad. So, so bad, especially bad. at the point where they're entering their credit card, do not show them enter specials code here. Because you know what happens? People are trained from retail to think, Wow, special codes exist. That means I can get a better rate if I know a specials code. It creates doubt that is unnecessary. By all means, merchandise, have specials, send those out on your emails, but don't show a specials code field to guests that are about to book that don't have a specials code. That is going to kill your conversion rate. So stop it. Stop it now. Just say no. Yes, just say no. Especially if you're considering a 420 tour. So if you,
1: know. you have a coupon code on your site, you better make sure that you have a coupon on RetailMeNot or whatever it might be. For sure. Because that's what people do is they go to those places. If they don't see one, they may, they're they very likely to wait till one becomes available if it's not an urgent location. Yeah, you're creating unnecessary yeah. doubt. Your whole job
0: of your website is to close that uncertainty gap you're creating uncertainty by adding that field unless you know some people i've seen they pre-populate it so everyone gets some kind of discount Mm -hmm. which is kind of smart it's smart for a couple ways one psychologically they feel like they're getting an advantage but two you can show a lower rate on your website than you are on otas if you do that but i personally i'd rather just not do that at all Mm because i feel, feel like it asks more questions than it answers so Again, go to a, go to the show notes and look at these because there's a lot more questions that we're not really covering in this. But I do want to touch on this. So you've gone through five specific types of questions, Melissa. There's another type of question that people have and that is post-booking. So one of the biggest problems in the hotel industry is cancellations and buyer's remorse, right? So once someone's booked, your website is not finished. Your communication to the guest is beginning so you've got to reassure that guest that they made a great decision and you got to make sure that they don't want to doubt that decision that they made so what are some things that they could do for that
2: well you certainly want to answer some pretty basic information like what time is check-in and check-out That's really important when you're planning a trip to know what time you can check in and yes what time setting
0: time those expectations because because if you don't tell people that check-in not until four and they show up at twelve And they can't get in their room because it's not clean. Guess what? They're pissed. And it starts their vacation the wrong way. And the chances that they're going to leave a negative review just increased exponentially. And it could have been resolved by telling them up front, we don't let people check in until 3 or 4 or whatever it is.
2: Where do I park? Now, we just talked about this. And is parking free? Very important. Is there parking on site? Is it valet parking? Do you have to? Are you forced to valet park and how much is that going to cost all important to put up front
1: yeah, yeah. You know, people already going if, if they're staying at a, prop, a hotel they're going to a city or a destination they're probably not very familiar with so they already have a ton of questions and anytime somebody has uncertainty and kind of apprehension about being someplace they've never been before it's going to adversely affect their experience so answer all those simple questions so that the one kind of use that cliche term, their safe space is your property and your brand, that yeah. they know what's going to happen when they're there.
0: Yeah, nurture that relationship at that point. How do they get to your property? If you're if they're flying in, do you have a shuttle? How do they? Where do they get picked up? What does it cost? Mm-hmm. Those, those are simple questions that you know the answer to, but guess what? Your guest does not know the answer. So your website's
1: job is to answer the questions. That's where a great FAQ section on your site really does pay off because... Everybody's question is going to be unique. Somebody may say, "Okay, I know you don't check in until four o'clock, but my flight arrives at noon. Can I leave my bags at your property? Is there a place for me to change?" Answer all those questions so that they know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, exactly. So that that's a good segue,
0: right? So we kind of answered yeah. all these questions. Go check out the show notes, like I said. But let let's we'd like to be actionable on this podcast. So what are some things, knowing that we got to answer some questions for the guest? What are some things these hotels can do and take from this episode and go and apply today? So number one, Pete, you just mentioned it. Create an FAQ page on your website that anticipates and answers Mm -hmm. all these questions that we talked about.
1: And I would say don't phone that one in. Really spend some time, work with your development team, and build a kick-ass FAQ section. Let them search the FAQ. Answer every question that's out there. Not only is this great for customers, but these are the search terms that people are looking for as well. You know, does this place let me do X? Answer those questions and answer every single guest question that's ever come in in your FAQ. Absolutely.
0: And, you know, you may not know all the questions that your guests are ask, ask, asking yourself, right? So when you're building out FAQ or, or answering the questions on your website, engage with your guest, that's another take home from this episode. Go and, go and talk to guests. Ha, have little focus groups. Offer free breakfast for people that are going to give you feedback. Or talk to your reservationists or your front desk or your uh, cleaning staff and say, what are the questions that you're asked? And go ahead and make that full comprehensive list. Because if you're missing some of those questions, those folks that have those questions aren't getting the answer from your website they may go somewhere else and get them answered and that could be your competition they might go to google they might go to your competition you don't know so answer every question and the best way to answer every question is to know what every question is by engaging with your guest so what else what are some other action items we can take from this
2: we want to use social proof because fear of missing out is a great way to persuade your guests to hurry up and book
0: yeah that that. There's a lot of psychological um, tactics that you can employ. Social proof is great, right? Showing reviews, showing photos of people that are similar to you that have experienced it and had a good experience and they didn't regret booking, right? Social proof is one of the most powerful pull mechanisms from a booking perspective. And then fear of, fear of missing out is one of the best pull push mechanisms opportunities right pushing people through that conversion funnel so making sure your website is not only answering the questions but planning the right kind of doubt in the guest's mind so planning the doubt that if they don't book today they might get screwed this is a great deal the price might go up tomorrow the inventory might not be available tomorrow create some doubt in their mind in the right way that nudges them forward through the conversion funnel absolutely, I think using psychological tactics like that can have a big impact on conversion
1: rate. You know, that brings us to the next one, which probably should have been the first item on this whole action item list, is make sure that your website can be accessed regardless of the device that the person is using. If it's a phone or if it's a tablet or if it's a desktop, make sure... You're getting that person's conversion funnel the way they want to go through it.
0: Yeah, and the same content exists on every one of those views, right? So so many people still, and we talked at the start of this show about how um, the mobile experience isn't the best from a conversion standpoint, but even worse than that, so many people have a different mobile experience that doesn't even have the same content on it that the, the desktop version of the website has. So answer all these questions on every page within your website. And back mm-hmm. to what we talked about at the beginning of the show, your, your homepage is important, but every major landing page should give the guest the opportunity or the potential guest the opportunity to answer all the questions they have regardless of how they come into the site. So making sure you pay attention to lower level pages as much as you do homepages and making sure that all the questions are answered on desktop and on mobile, mm-hmm. that's critical.
1: Yeah, I like that question that is, why do you hate money? And that means, like, why are you putting up these barriers to letting people convert on your site or with your company? So why do you hate money? I hate so, the color, man. Yeah, so if, if, Shade, you, if you hate the money, feel, the do things the way you're doing them now and don't have a very mobile-friendly site. But if you really want that money and you want that customer to convert, think about that question as you're browsing your site and seeing, okay, this is difficult. I need to improve this, regardless of the platform that they're on. There you go.
0: So that is all the notes we have for today. Hopefully you learned a little bit about what to do with your website and hopefully you can improve iteratively how your website performs and how it converts. And we'd love to hear your feedback. So if you have any kind of uh, opinion on this episode, if we missed some stuff, I mean, in the show, go first go read the show notes at fueltravel.com slash podcast, click on episode 63. But if there's something we missed that you want to tell us about, you can either email us at info at fuel travel. You can uh, send us a a message on Twitter at Fuel Travel as well. That would be great. And we would love to hear feedback on the podcast in general. We haven't had a review in a little while, and it hurts our little feelings. (laughs) So as one person said, Pete, what was
1: the quote you had this week from someone that listens to the podcast? This isn't going to be a quote. This is going to be a paraphrase. Okay. But it it was with a new client that we have that said they really appreciate our podcast, and it's the thing that makes their hour-long commute commute, bearable so we're bearable everybody so we i mean when we started changing
2: lives
0: when we started the podcast our goal was to be bearable i feel like we've accomplished that we've done our part so please do your part and go leave a review (laughs) on itunes i know every podcast you listen to says that but which other podcast that you listen to brings you dad jokes every single week right so go Please. And Metallica played on the clarinet. That's right. Come it, on. Yes. Wait a minute, though. We haven't had any more requests for clarinet playing, Melissa.
2: I know. Aside from Misha's... Who did she request? I don't even remember. Something terrible I'd never heard of.
0: Yeah, I don't remember. I would like the Star Wars theme tune next week. FYI. Oh. Ooh, that would be good. And one. speaking of next week, special news. We're going back to weekly, ladies and gentlemen. Round of applause. Woo! So, through the summer, we were at bi-weekly, and by popular demand, we are going back to weekly. So, if there's a topic that you want us to cover, if there's a a question you have, if there's an issue that you're facing as a hotel marketer, and you want us to tackle that on this podcast, again, either info at fueltravel.com, or hit us up on Twitter at fueltravel as well, and we will do our best. Some of our best episodes, honestly have been when we've answered Mm -hmm. questions from uh, our listeners. I think one of my favorites was when we um, did the episode on how to market on a shoestring budget, which came directly from one of our listeners. So we'd love to help other people out. That's what we do here at Fuel. And uh, if you have any kind of marketing needs, if you need a booking engine, a mobile app, any of the software that we provide, we'd love to talk to you.
1: Again, just hit us up at Fuel Travel. But, Pete, where can they find you on the web? Well, they can find me for the next 45 minutes here at the office, and I'm going to head home. Uh, or You're, they, oh, whoa, whoa. You're going to be at a house tonight as well? Like I Melissa? am going to be at a house. So, right, If see. they can't find me there, they can find me on Twitter at P-D-M-A-I-O, P-D-I-M-A-I-O. And Melissa?
2: I am on Twitter at ma M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H.
0: And when I get back from my vacation from Nambia, you can find me... On Twitter, at Stuart Butler, S-T-U-A-R-T-B-U-T-L-E-R. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel, or again, email us at info at fueltravel.com. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast.
1: Hey, back. My mind on my money and my money on my mind.